This is episode 141 of the Two Ball Brothers and a Microphone podcast, where we talk about the people, process, and technology to work together better inside enterprises. This episode was recorded on October 26, 2017. In this episode, I talk with Tommy about a book that I'm reading called The Four Disciplines of Execution. The authors are Chris McChesney, Sean Covey, and Jim Hewling. It's from the folks at Franklin Covey, so it's really rich with solid content. In this episode, we will discuss the forward by Clayton Christensen and set the groundwork for the three sections of the book. Enjoy the episode and thanks for listening. I'm doing well. You're looking closer to being bald again. That's nice. <laughs> I did shave. I shaved this week. I didn't shave this morning, as you can see, a little bit of flurries on the chin. And uh, well, well I'll, I'll, I, I will. I, I, it felt good to go uh, bald again. I have to okay. Say. It, did feel good. it just took a while once you um, once you wait a little while. Actually, That's hard to, take to a cut razor it. To, you know, a, a regular electric razor to it first, and then go with the, the shave. But uh, let me see. You, oh, you've got socks. Wise, this is South Carolina socks. On. I got these last week. Actually, Linda and Madeline went to Charleston and nice. picked me up some socks. Nice, very nice. And I got Bo brought me back some. From yeah, the, I thought you'd like those. Yeah, I really do. They're the. Um, I guess the UX team had some socks, which was cool, and they had right. some, some neat um, stickers as well, which was kind of cool mm -hmm. of them to do that. So, yeah. thanks, fun. Bo, for bringing yes, them for Danny. Shout out to Bo. Today we are going to talk about the four disciplines of execution, and this is by our uh, good friends at um, Franklin Covey. Um, we're big uh, Stephen Covey fans here at Three Will, and um, so that sort of piqued my interest towards this. This book is applying a lot of those principles that um, Stephen Covey uh, talks about in um, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective uh, People. And um, it applies that to your business, and it's, so it's called the Four Disciplines of Execution, and it uh, the subtitle is Achieving Your Wildly Important Goals. And um, so today I wanted to talk about uh, just starting to get into the book, and it's it's broken up into three sections, so we like that. Um, mm -hmm. The the I'll talk about a little bit about the Ford, and then talk about um, section one. Section one is um, is defining what the four disciplines of execution are. So it's really uh, it's setting us up for you know what are they talking about with uh, with doing this. Um, so uh, it starts off with one of uh, um, my favorite authors, Clayton Christensen. Um, he's a guy who wrote uh, Innovator's Dilemma. It says the four disciplines of execution offers more than theories for making strategic organizational change. The authors explain not only the what, but the how effective uh, execution is achieved. Uh, they share numerous examples of companies that have done just that, not once, but over and over again. This is a book that every leader should read. And then um, it starts off with a story about Intel, about my old, the old company that I worked for after, right. right after college. And it talks about Andy Grove. He was there when I was there as well. Um, chemical engineer, wasn't he? Was he a chemical yeah, engineer? Yeah, I think he was. Just a smart guy. <laughs> um, was a very smart guy. Um, 
also liked pain, I'm sure, like you, like <laughs> engineering is who would do that? Um, so what they were talking about was a, a meeting that um, that he was a part of, and uh, uh, you know, th- and this is the Ford part of it, and so it was um, a discussion about um, Andy Grove trying to to discuss two com- competitors um, that were going after the low end market, and then. Um, you know, they knew that Intel needed to respond, and then during a break in the meeting, Grove uh, asked me, how, how do I um, do this? How do I respond? And then he said, I readily responded the, that he needed to set up a different autonomous business unit that had a different overhead structure and its own sales force. And then Andy uh, said, in his typical gruff voice, you're such a naive academic. I asked you, I asked you how to do it. You told me what I should do. He swore and said, I know what I need to do, I just don't know how to do it. I felt like I was standing in front of a deity, deity with no place to hide. Grove was right, I was indeed a, a naive academic. Um, I had just shown him that I didn't know the difference between what and how. So a lot of people talk about the what, and this is, this is a, excuse me, this is Clayton talking about himself and this interaction with, with Andy Grove. Um, so getting into that's the, that was from the Ford. Uh, there are two principal things that a leader uh, can influence when it comes to producing re- results: your strategy or plan, and your ability to execute that strategy. Uh, which of these do leaders struggle with more? Is it creating an, a strategy or executing that strategy? What do you think people respond? With? Executing. Um, if you have an MBA or have taken business classes, what do you study more, execution or strategy? Strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I passed. He passed. Awesome. Right? That's what, tell him what he's won. Um, so this is good because we want to get into the, the, the meat of the issues. And so, um, and what's neat is uh, um, this has a bit of state of Georgia stuff in here. Um, it's, it was the real problem with execution. Uh, B.J. Walker, uh, Commissioner for the Department of Human uh, Services for the state of U.S. state of Georgia in 2004, that you can see that her 20,000 employees were completely demoralized. The department had burned through six commissioners in five years, a constant media stru- uh, stru- scrutiny due to the number of deaths and uh, incidents, uh, accidents involved in, uh, with children in the state's care, so dealing with probably with the defects folks. For months, her employees had operated under constant fear of making a mistake, which only made their poor productivity worse and led to the, some, some of the largest backlogs in the country. Uh, they, uh, uh, BJ needed to focus on a way, um, focus her team in a direction, that, uh, and she knew the, talk was, uh, the clock was ticking. Um, in less than 18 months, uh, she and her team had reduced the re- repeat cases of child m- m- maltreatment by 60%. Um, so we'll get into more about what, what was done there. Um, the common solution to some of these problems, the, these stories of uh, the state of Georgia and others, um, the problem isn't uh, problems of a strategy, it's problems with execution. And the common solution that they came to to getting to this, I just mentioned the one from the state of Georgia, there were also uh, cases from Eli Lilly and in Marriott is that um, all leaders struggle with the challenge even if they don't realize it. If you're leading people right now, you are probably trying to get to d- get them to do something different. 
Whether you lead a small work team or a whole company, a family or a factory, no significant result is achieved unless people change their behavior. Yet to be successful, you will need more than just their compliance. You will need their commitment. As every leader knows, getting the commitment of hearts and minds, the kind of commitment that will endure in the midst of the daily grind, is not easy. So he talks about two different types of changes, uh, behavioral changes and stroke of the pen changes. So behavioral changes is when, you know, are those that people need to change their behavior in order for that change to occur. Stroke of the pen ones are easy. It's you, you, you cancel this service, you do this, you do this. Um, it's just something that you can do simply with the stroke mm -hmm. of your pen. Um, so they go through the different uh, types of, of stroke of the pen, uh, types of, of strategies uh, like capital investment, expansion of staff, process change is a stroke of the pen, uh, strategic acquisition, media buy, change in product mix. Behavioral changes are improved customer experience, higher quality, faster responsiveness, operational consistency, consultative sales approach, reduced cost overruns. Um, and then sort of getting into people, you know, uh, the common thing that you hear from people is that um, it's natural for a leader to assume that the people are the problem. After all, they're the ones, uh, they are the ones not doing what we need to have done. But you, you would be wrong. The people are not the problem. Uh, Edwards Demings, one of my, um, uh, someone who I studied even in school, the follow, uh, father of the quality movement, uh, taught that at any time a majority of people have a particular way the majority of the time, the people are not the problem. The problem is inherent in the system. One prime subject uh, suspect behind execution breakdown was the clarity of the objective. People simply don't understand the goal they were supposed to execute. Lack of commitment to the goal was another problem with it. Um, in short, people weren't sure what the goal was, weren't committed to it, didn't know what to do about it specifically, and weren't being held accountable for it. I've talked a bunch. Uh, any thoughts on any of the stuff I've said so far? Well, one thing that was coming to mind as you were talking about strategy and execution, I remember back in school, I don't know who I was talking to, but it might have been a professor, and they said success in life is 10% brains and 90% sweat. And I think the, the sweat part, part is the part of trying to you know, follow through and, and get that um, path of, I've got an idea and how do I get to that point? Because um, it's easy to just see the final outcome, but to actually get there is a lot of, you know, left and right turns and adapting to the situation and understanding your audience, you know, the, who you're working with and what their capabilities are and what's the next logical step based on observations of what you've tried and what's working, what's not working. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think it's easy to see what is the final outcome, where do you want to be? It's just getting there is not always a straight path. The next thing that's introduced is a concept called the, whir the whirlwind. The real enemy of execution is your day job. Uh, we call it the whirlwind. It's the massive amount of energy that's, that's necessary just to keep your operation going from a day-to-day -day basis. 
basis. And ironically, it's also the thing that makes it so hard to execute anything new. The whirlwind robs you from your focus, required to move your team forward. <clears throat> Leaders seldom differentiate between the whirlwind and strategic goals because both are necessary for the survival of the organization. <clears throat> the whirlwind is urgent and acts on you and everyone working for you every minute of the day. The goals you set for moving forward are important, but when urgency and important clash, urgency will win every time. Once you become aware of the struggle, you will see it playing out everywhere and any team trying to execute anything new. Consider your own experience. Can you remember an important initiative that launched well and then died? How did that end come? Was it a loud crash or a tremendous explosion or did it just go down quietly over time, suffocated with a whirlwind? Um, we've asked thousands of leaders this question. We always get the same answer, slow suffocation. And it makes me think of the different quadrants, you know, mm -hmm. of urgent, important, not urgent, but important, and then the other two quadrants. And, and as we look at quadrant two, where we want to put our time, which is things that are not urgent but important, mm -hmm. those are the things that suffocate. Those are the things that um, can end up uh, taking um, a lower priority of our time, and, and it's the energy we have to put into making sure we're putting enough time into quadrant two and then the sand will fill the rest with all those urgent things and hopefully you're working on important urgent things and not non-important urgent things. They go on to say, we don't have dragons swooping down and knocking us off our priorities. We have gnats. Every day we have gnats getting in our eyes and when we look back over the last six months, we haven't accomplished any of the things we said we were going to, basically saying. That's like the so, sand. Yeah, yeah, the sand. Yeah. Thing. Filling up the time, absolutely. Um, and that's in, and we'll get into the execution mm -hmm. of sort of how do you get those, the big rocks in, I think, uh, is, is what Cubby. Uh, like the first things first, yeah. Yeah, so the four disciplines of execution are designed for managing your, aren't designed for managing your whirlwind. The four discipli disciplines are rules for executing your most critical strategy in the midst of your whirlwind. So the first discipline, and we're just, man, we're just going to be able to get through the four. I think I'm just still on the four to your part. We're going to have to uh, hit the part one maybe uh, that's coming up. Let's see. Yeah, we're just going to get through. The four. I'm not even to section one yet. So That's fine. But um, that's fine. We'll break, break it apart. Um, so, and we'll, we'll, we'll uncover this in layers here, just a, a quick introduction to the four disciplines, what they are. Uh, discipline one is focus on the wildly important. Basically, the more you try to do, the less you actually accomplish. Discipline one, focus on the wildly important, requires you to go against your basic wiring as a leader and focus on less so that your team can achieve more. When you implement discipline one, you start by selecting one, or at most two, extremely important goals, instead of trying to significantly improve everything at once. We call this a wildly important goal, or, or WIG, uh, for short. BHAG. Mm -hmm. um, to make it clear to the team that this is the goal that matters most. Failure to achieve it will make every other accomplishment seem, seem secondary or possibly even un inconsequential. Yeah, I think the hard thing with that, Danny, is 
you know, picking that one thing and the fear of, did I pick the right thing? And so you're always hedging your bet in a sense. And that hedging the bet can dilute the bet, right? Yeah, what's nice is we'll get into later, like, how do you pick what that thing is? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Right here, what, it's more of the, yeah, that sounds nice, but then how do you actually get to the point where, and it's, um, it's interesting, uh, we'll get to that, we'll get to more of that, but you're absolutely right, because what if you pick the wrong one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's why you, that's what you, and there's some help with how do you, what is the right one to pick? But, um, discipline two, act on the lead measures. Um, this is the discipline of leverage. So there are two things I talk about. There's lag measures, which are the tracking measurements of the wildly important goal. They're usually the ones you spend the most, uh, you spend most of your time praying over. <laughs> so it's revenue, it's profit, it's market share, it's customer satisfaction. Those are all lag measures, right. meaning that when you receive them, the performance that drove them is already in the past. That's why you're praying. By the time you get to a lag measure, you can't fix it. It's history. Lead measures are quite different in that they are the measures of the most high-impact things your team must do to reach the goal. In essence, they measure the new behaviors that will drive success on lag measures. Whether those behaviors are as simple as offering a sample to every customer in the bakery or as complex as adhering to a standards and a jet engine design. It reminds me of our health metrics where we do have the pipeline, the closed opportunities Mm -hmm. and delivery utilization. You know, that kind of goes from things that are leading indicators that are lagging indicators. And yeah, when you get to utilization, that's an indication of, you know, things are working from the pipeline standpoint. You had a right amount of pipeline that leads to the conversion, that leads to utilization. It'll be interesting to talk about whether... Which, that's very generic. Yeah. It's, not, it's not talking about here's what we're going to do as an organization, but more of how those measures um, play out in terms of leading versus lagging indicators. Yeah, it'll be fun to talk about like how do we do this internally at 3Will, like um, is your utilization, is that a lead measure or a lag measure? And talking through some of those type, types of things as well. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, this is good, this is, yeah. this is good hearty stuff. It's a lag measure of you know what you're selling and then it's a lead measure of uh, what your revenue will be eventually. <laughs> Um, because what you your utilization then turns into what you invoice and then turns into what you can collect. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So lag measures are ultimately the most important things you are trying to accomplish. But lead measures, true to their name, are what give you the lag, what gets you the lag measures. Once you've identified your lead measures, they become the key leverage points for achieving your goal. So. Part of this is just having that discussion about what are our lag measures, what are our lead measures, and there's there's a there's a discussion about you know we have to get into a discussion of what because that's mm-hmm. you're you're somewhat guessing at what your lead measures are. Yeah. What are the ones that are important? What are the ones are because I can market from a marketing standpoint, I could come up with two thousand lead measures, two thousand different things that I think could produce a lead. Right. Um, in a, a marketing lead. Um, 
And so there's a discussion about, about which ones are we measuring? What, you know, what are the ones that are... Right. Are you measuring, and like we do with the, the number of hits that we have on blog posts or pages on the site, the number of contact us, you know, um, page hits or executions, um, the number of webinars that we do, the number of podcasts that we do, you know, and, you know, as we know, the hardest thing is it's not just one thing that's a leading indicator for what you're trying to achieve, you know, to have that opportunity to serve a client. Um, it comes from a multiple set of, I think, lead measures that ideally you can tease out the ones that have the biggest impact. And that's, that's, that's the hard part mm-hmm. is understanding that, which ones you can tease out. And that's what, I mean, a part of the work that is involved in this book is not, it's, uh, there isn't like there, they even, the authors admit it. There's like, you're dealing with all the same things you dealt with yesterday, but you're trying to, you're trying to spend a little bit of time instead of just doing everything that you think is a lead measure, really nailing the ones that are, and, and part of it is, is a, is a, a fortuitous feedback cycle, which is, I notice that I, when I do lead one, that I ha, uh, that when I do more of uh, this lead measure, I get more of this lag measure, and feeding into that cycle. And if you're not getting that, then I need to do it. You know, it's it's, it's something to get in the, the team into thinking about how can I make a how can I personally make a change in this lag measure. Um, and so the next discipline is uh, discipline three, which is uh, uh, keeping a compelling scoreboard. Um, People play differently when they're keeping score. If you doubt this, watch any group of teenagers playing basketball and see how the game changes the minute scorekeeping begins. However, the truth of the statement is more clearly revealed by the change in emphasis. People play differently when they're keeping score. It's, it's, uh, it's not about you keeping score for them. So basically they're saying it's not, a, and you're, they're the ones keeping score. Like they know what the score is. And, um, so that was interesting that they're pointing this out. Why does this matter? If the scoreboard isn't clear, the game you want people to play will be abandoned in the whirlwind of other activities. And if your team doesn't know whether they whether or not they are winning the game, they are probably on their way to losing. Yeah, it's interesting. I, th- I think of utilization. That's one thing that we found that if we measure that, um, there's different behaviors that come when we make decisions um, of what people will do, what personally a person will do, knowing that there's a utilization goal and there's a, you know, for the company and for the individual. Also, I see with our agile process of having story points and having a goal for what we want to do in the sprint, that there's a sense of that's our goal. I want to achieve that goal. And so when I'm making decisions that will influence if I achieve it or not, um, I will, you know, pick paths that will help me achieve that goal. There's always something that you're sacrificing, right? So you have to um, feel that the things that you don't measure are worth sacrificing. Um, And if they're important enough, then maybe you measure those things too, so you can keep it in balance. Um, Because, of course, you can measure one thing and then you get skewed where you can ignore something that maybe is important because you're not measuring that. You're just measuring this. And so utilization, it could be um, education and growth. Do I want to just bill on projects or are there some education growth goals I want to set like certification? 
and keeping those in tension so um, you don't quote throw the baby out with the bathwater in a sense where you're going after one thing and then you ignore something that's very important that will say invest in that capability of having strong utilization or strong sales um, because you're making investments that are are important um, and that, that that's that's where I think it's tough is to say, where are those measures? Making sure you pick the right measures so you're getting the behaviors that are healthy behaviors. Um, and so if you see something get out of whack because you're measuring one thing and not measuring some other things, then it's deciding what's that counterbalance? What is that other measure that will keep in check some behaviors I don't want to see um, when we're trying to achieve this other goal? So. What, I, what we're getting into, which is a really great conversation, which for us, um, I believe that utilization is a lag measure and mm-hmm. that there are lead measures. There's, certain, there's, a, there's a number of things that as, an indivi- that as individuals, and so you have to talk through what lead measures can I do that will have the most impact on the lag measure of utilization. So you mentioned like certification, if everybody got certified, is that going to really impact how everybody's utilization is? Well, maybe so, maybe not. And that this is, that's where the work needs to go into this book is everybody having a conversation. It's not just you and I either. It's everybody yeah. within this company saying, okay, well, I know my utilization could go up if I had, you know, um, if I w- was doing this all the time and was measuring this and was trying right. to do this. And there are 101 things that could be lead measures to that. But you're trying to identify what are the key ones to you because you and part of this the whole book is you don't have enough time to do everything and if you right. don't figure out what those couple one or two things are that you're doing they'll just get caught they'll get lost in the whirlwind and you'll and you won't get to them and so right. part of this exercise is trying to identify what those things are as as a company right um, and, and, and we know you know pipeline is one of those things but. If you think it's something that we're not measuring today, that could be an indicator to utilization as a lag measure, is deal size. So if you look at, if you sell a bunch of 10K projects, mm-hmm. you have you know, a bunch of 10K projects versus fewer 100K projects, the impact that that would have on utilization is a different type of impact. And so if we were measuring deal size and saying, we want a goal of a minimum deal size or a certain average deal but size. How do you get to that? How to, again, that's a lag measure. How do you get to the larger deal size? So, it, yet the, and part of the part of the book is the different parts of the organization. Yeah. As well. So the number of pitches you have for a type of project. Yeah. There, there you go. Yeah. So, so you're we're going to say we're going to do um, the lag measures number of pitches for a certain type of project, and we're going to do three of these pitches this or month. Or lead. You mean lead measure? Lead measure. Okay. So we're going to do three of these things that are lead measures. And part of the, the, the neat thing about a lead measure is not only is it, you know, is it measurable, but it is something you can do. It's a, it, is a, it is something that is tangible. Like you can't, mm-hmm. just, I can't just tell, Tommy, go increase sales. Okay, uh, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. how, how, do you, how do we do this? And how do, what is the, what are the things, go increase your utilization. Okay. You know, and so mm-hmm. you're, you, you have the conversation about 
you apply the thought towards how do I make a change? How do what changes could I make to make the biggest impact? Right, right. That's good. Yeah. Um, and some of it's obvious. Some of it's like, oh, I, I do that, but I only do that once a month, or I I do that a couple times a year. And really, if I did that every week, it would have a huge difference. You know, and it's getting into those sort of those types of conversations. Um, the fourth one, you'll love this one, which is the uh, my the equivalent to this sprint review, uh, which is create a cadence of accountability. Uh, discipline, discipline forum, we're on the last one, is where execution really happens. Um, uh, basically, is a rhythm of regular and frequent meetings of any team that owns a wildly important goal. Again, the, that wildly important goal is a lag measure. It's something that you you know right. want the revenue to grow, and it's from X to Y by this day. That's what a, a, a wildly mm-hmm. important goal. So we're trying to move from here to there by this time. And, that, and everybody knows that's what we're trying to do uh, as, a, as a team, as an organization. And also you can break it down into, well, marketing needs, in order for us to get to that, let's say it's a revenue goal, which you know we, we often have a revenue goal for the year. You know, what does marketing need to do for their part to get from X to Y? Uh, by this date in order for the company to re- meet that goal. And it's different departments talking about, well, I'm going to do this part, I'm going to do this part, and I'm going to do because it takes a bunch of different, everybody well, yeah, their own parts. Yeah, and I think you're, you're more in that space of the leading indicators. A lot of the marketing activities are, quote, planting those seeds that lead to a lagging measure. Um, so if you look at a you know, number of, blog posts in a month, um, the number of success stories posted to the website. You know, those are things that are leading indicators. And, you know, the, like I said before, the tough thing is, is which one of those are more important than the others to know, oh, I do more of that. Mm-hmm. That's moving the needle. That's actually impacting my lagging indicator. So I want to do more of those. Yeah. I mean, I, for us, I mean, I look at what we're doing, and part of this is what's great about this book is it's talking about, uh, the, when we get to the end of that first section, it's talking about the annual review, sort of the annual plans that we're coming up on doing for the next right. year, and why those, why those sometimes break down over the year, and how can you institute something where this last part is an accountability process as part of this, so that you're not just picking up, you know, everybody does this, which is... We're getting towards the end of the year and we're looking back and saying, well, what did we say we're going to do over that year? I have my marketing, you know, I have my marketing spreadsheet that I update monthly and report back. We had this amount of blog posts and these types of things because those are, those are the things I think are the lead indicator. My, my wildly important goal is the three or more enterprise customers and um, by the end of the year. And that's, that's you know, the, there's things that we're do, doing already. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think I have too many, I probably could narrow down what my lead measure, what, what would I, if, I, if I had the, what could I do that would have the most impact on the quality of the leads that we're bringing into to Three Wheel? And there's some things I, I'm like, yeah, if I did that, I think I could probably improve that. And is it a blog post that we're writing that, or um, is it something that I'm doing and it's, it's really good because, I think that in here they're just sort of saying if you just try to do everything and just try, you never have the time to get to everything. You just don't. And part of the 
uh, we'll get to this with the focus piece, is that if you can just narrow it down to the more the, the most important things, how much more effective you'll be if you're able to do that. So, um, all right, we went way long. You need to run to a meeting. I will wrap it up with that. Next one we get together, um, we'll talk about the, um, sort of define all these four disciplines, get into more. There's some great stories about these. Thank you for doing this. I love it. It's great to take it's some good material. Like this and apply yeah, nice. it to free will. And, and I think it's a great time of the year for us to do this. So uh, listen in next time. This looks like it's going to be a four-part series because uh, we just got to the forward. But uh, thanks, everybody, for listening and have a wonderful day.